Welcome to the UFO Thinker Podcast, my name's Frank and let's get cracking. So today a little bit of a bonus episode, I just wanted to do an update on my thoughts about um, Anjali. So as you may have seen, because it's been quite a big talking point recently on UFO Twitter um, and I would imagine on things like Reddit as well. I don't really delve into the world of Reddit or you know Discord and what have you, but obviously there's a lot of conversations that are sort of ongoing on those platforms, and I would imagine that they're also a lot discussing this a lot at this moment in time. So, um, just a little quick roundup to explain a bit of background, just for anybody who's not aware. So, there's a lady called Anjali, and... She has been saying for some time now, starting off on Reddit and um, carrying on onto Twitter uh, fairly recently over the last few months, and she, she's made some some pretty interesting claims about essentially having been taken to uh, an underground base of non-human entities and having met some light beings um, and received a message from them and uh, has been basically tasked with passing on this message to humanity. So, first of all, you've got to say that is a fascinating story. I mean, whether it's true, whether it's not, it, it's very interesting. I mean, it's if there was a fiction movie or a film about that, you know, it wouldn't be a bad concept. But she claims that it's absolutely true. And you may have, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you may have, have heard me doing an episode recently which was um, abductions and extraterrestrial messages for humanity. And in that episode, I was talking about Anjali. Um, so at the time, I didn't want to give her name out because I don't think it was as well known. I just stumbled across the story and, and found it quite interesting. And the way that Anjali talks and the the sincerity of her message, I, I kind of knew as st- soon as I started to, to read into it more that, that this was going to be quite a big story in the UFO world because it's I've seen a lot of people's um, accounts of having you know been in contact with extraterrestrials and so on and especially the ones where people are supposedly given a message and whatnot but there's certain things about this particular case that make it a lot more intriguing and I kind of realized that that possibly could be the case um, but at the same time for a lot of the reasons that I went into in the previous episode I didn't really want to put her name out there at that point but I think I've made the decision now that it's it's kind of pointless trying to even talk about it without mentioning her name because it has become such a big talking point so yeah I have no concerns now actually putting a name out there um, since it's wide widely kind of held common knowledge by this point so basically what happened was um, Anjali is as um uh, like I say, she's had this um, this account of being taken to an extraterrestrial base or uh, a non-human intelligence um, base, and um, 
met these light beings and been given a message and she has been talking about this in quite some detail so I think the best way to actually find out more about the story rather than me trying to go into the details and remember all of the the finer points is you're better off just going onto her Twitter which is Anjali on Gaia so that's um, A-N-J-A-L-I-O-N-G-A-I-A and um, obviously at this point in time she's actively trying to get her message out to as many people as possible so I have no concerns in terms of sharing her social media because that's what she's actively trying to do at this point in time so what happened the other day was she'd organised a press conference which she'd announced in advance a few weeks beforehand and she basically arrived at um, uh, Washington DC and uh, had a little crew with her of, of people operating cameras etc and the uh, the idea was um, that she was going to to basically announce the message or part of the message from these uh, beings that she'd been in contact with so before I get into an actual summary of, of the press conference and my thoughts on on what was said etc I just want to explain why I'm taking this. No, I wouldn't say I'm taking it seriously, but you know why I've got time for this story because it's been a bit of a divisive one in the UFO uh, community, and I think there's a lot of people who are dismissing it, and a lot of people who are you know openly ridiculing it and things of that nature, and for the reasons that I have mentioned in my previous episode about this the one where i didn't reveal her name probably a bit of a um it, it probably wasn't really the best idea to do it that way if i'm honest but at the time it seemed like the logical way to do it because i didn't really want to thrust her into the spotlight any more than uh, she already was but as i say that's changed a bit now but what i was mentioning in the, in the previous episode was there's kind of three outcomes here as to what 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 could actually be going on so the first one is it's real you know the second one is that she's cynically trying to get this story out there to build publicity or to to make some kind of money uh, or to to build a following or, or whatever and the third one is is that that she's just she's unwell and she's actually experiencing some kind of delusions as a, as a result of a medical condition and in those three outcomes there, I mean, I, I, you could argue, I suppose, that there's more outcomes than that, but I think those are the three ones that, that occur to me. And in those three outcomes, the first one, it's real, obviously very fascinating if that is the case. You know, that's a bit of an understatement, I suppose. It's, it'd be completely world-changing if it is real. The second one is, you know, I'd be very sad if that was the case, that she's actively trying to deceive people in terms of, you know building a brand or a following and the third one that she's unwell again quite a sad outcome really if that's the case so it's quite likely that it could be the third option that she's not well it's very unlikely that it's going to be real but even if it's if it, there's a possibility of that I, I believe that we should we should at least consider it until we've got some proper evidence i think it's worth at least hearing the story because the fact is i hear a lot in the ufo community about 
you know, believing experiences and taking people's experiences seriously and things like that. And a lot of podcast episodes that I listen to, a lot of, you know, documentaries on, on YouTube and things, you know, include people's accounts of abductions, people's accounts of, you know, seeing UFOs and, and why would we take them seriously but not take this seriously? At least until we have got some kind of clarity on whether or not it's actually true. I mean, I listen to all kinds of podcasts. I mean, I'm really fascinated by this topic and I try and listen to as much information as I can. And I hear accounts all the time of people um, being abducted or people seeing you know, flying saucers or triangles or whatever kind of flying UAP it may be. And a lot of the a lot of the time in those cases, there's nothing there apart from the account from the person. Uh, like I've had people on the podcast telling me their accounts, and they don't have photographic evidence, they don't have video evidence, and I take them seriously. So why would I not take Anjali's case seriously? It it just seems a bit of a double standard. Uh, obviously, this this lady has not got any kind of a platform in the UFO community prior to this, and that in itself is not you know, reason to to disbelieve the story. So I just, I have found it a little bit confusing in a way that a lot of people who are kind of well-known names in the UFO world have have really not wanted to to give this the light of day. You know, that they've not wanted to take the story seriously and consider it. And that seems a bit strange to me considering that they have in the past a lot of these individuals who have been you know making comments of, of that nature a lot of these people have actually taken other accounts seriously without any evidence and on the other hand i do understand it because what we have to do in the ufo topic is look for data which is something i go on about all the time it's something i joke with my listeners about i'm, I'm kind of a data nerd you've got to have data if you want to take any case seriously so it's a really difficult one at this point in time because it's such uh and and this is why i think it's been like like i've just explained it's such a divisive uh case because it's so um it's so incredible of a story you know the fact that she's not only just seen something like she's not seen a saucer flying over a house she's actually gone and met beings according to the the account and i think that's probably so you know wild of a story that that people are perhaps it seems too good to be true and and don't get me wrong i'm not convinced about this a hundred percent at all but at the same time i just feel like we have to we have to at least give her the chance to to tell her story now what it, what it really kind of makes me think about is where is that line so you have to take experiences accounts experiences accounts seriously but there has to be a line as well of like you know you can't believe everything can you and that this is one of the things that I've really been thinking about over the last you know couple of months really since I, since I first stumbled across this story where is that line of, of taking a story seriously? Because if we genuinely believe, and a lot of people do genuinely um, 
well, I wouldn't say believe because that kind of that that assumes that it's it's you've already made up your mind. But I would say the evidence points towards the fact that UFOs and you know the things that have been flying around in the sky for decades and decades. I would say at this point the evidence points towards that being something of non-human origin. Now, if that is the case, and I think a lot of people think along those lines with the evidence that's available to us at this point we kind of accept that there are things flying around in the sky that are possibly piloted or controlled by non-human intelligences so is it really that much of a stretch to think that somebody could have been in contact with them it's a difficult one isn't it to actually kind of make your mind up on and that's why i wanted to do this episode just to try and kind of get my own thoughts in some kind of order but i'd be interested to hear what you guys think about it because like I say after I did that last episode there were a lot of people who reached out to me intrigued by it and wanted to know who the person was and as promised everybody that dm'd me about it on twitter I did tell them who it was and I've noticed that a few of those people or nearly all of those people have, have been you know following the story with some interest since then um so yeah, let me know what you guys think after the press conference. It'd be really interesting to hear what your thoughts were. Um, it Does it seem like more of a believable story now? Does it seem less believable? You know, what do you reckon? Uh, I'm on Twitter, obviously, as, as most of you probably know by this point, at UFO Thinker. So feel free to send me a message on there. Let me know what you guys think. But before I get into um, anything about my actual thoughts, let me just explain what actually happened at the press conference. So if you want to see it for yourself, it was videoed, it was live streamed at the time, and you can watch that on, um, it's on TT Productions uh, YouTube channel, and you can see the entire press conference there. It goes on for about an hour, so it's quite a lengthy thing. And again, I'm not going to try and go into too much detail because my memory just doesn't hold information in, in that way, so I can't tell you every single detail. But essentially, what she went through in the press conference, there wasn't very much new information presented so it was basically just the same account that she's given in the past, which is that she basically has worked for government intelligence, defense intelligence agents in America. And her job there included some high level briefings to people quite high up within the government. And she worked apparently for the Marines uh, doing defense intelligence. She claims that the the roles that she actually uh did in those in those jobs was were roles that were um were defense intelligence based and not anything to do with actively participating in in kind of like wars and things i think she was quite keen to point out that um she's a pacifist and she's she's definitely not been involved in active conflicts and things like that um and she actually gave her full name, all of her educational background and details of the specific roles that she's um, actually done in various jobs over the years. And then after after some time of, of explaining her background, she explains that there was a time when she, she realised that she wasn't very well and she had some kind of quite severe medical condition and actually resigned from her job as a result of that because she felt like she couldn't continue to do the role um with uh, the the amount of um 
you know, she couldn't be as effective in the role as what she would like due to the health conditions that she had. And she basically had what you guess you could call a near-death experience. She was very close to, to the end and she was in a high care ward in a hospital. And she claims that at that, at that point in time, she actually started to witness apparitions which were which were basically uh, as she explains it the the people on the ward who passed away while she was there she claims to have seen those individuals stood next to her bed um, and then later found out that the person had passed away you know, in one of the nearby beds and that she was able to see um the the individual walking around or stood next to her bed and uh, essentially what she's done there is witness um like a ghostly apparition of, of the individual um and that that that's um uh, you know quite an interesting concept because obviously there is a lot of um other experiences accounts that I've come across where the kind of ability to see UFOs or you know non-human intelligences interact with them and things of that nature stem from some kind of near-death experience or out-of-body experience of some type sometimes brought on by an accident or something so after this Anjali makes something of a recovery and um and then she meets um a, a man called Wayne and basically visits the uh, after after having been convinced that this is a you know he's a genuine character and he, I think he gives her some recommendations about health which you know she she uh, she she likes the the advice that's been given and it instills some kind of trust in this individual and she ends up going to this this man this Wayne which I believe is not his real name but it's like a name to protect his actual identity she visits the property of this guy and on the property. He has apparently excavated a tunnel, and this is as a result of having seen um, UFOs on on his property. And uh, he, he's received some kind of message that there's an underground base, and he he ends up finding a tunnel and excavates the, the entrance to the tunnel, and then um, he takes Anjali into this tunnel, and that is at the stage where she actually. Uh, meets these extraterrestrials or these non-human intelligences should I say I'm not really sure at this point in time whether or not they are supposedly extraterrestrials or whether they're just non-human intelligences that reside on this planet um, the, it could be that she's already explained that but like I say I can't remember every single detail it's a fairly in-depth story so she meets these uh, these light beings. They apparently lay her down on some kind of table, and she uh, receives like a um, the the thoughts like a download that she needs to give a message to humanity, and that she's going to be the mouthpiece for basically their message. And and she explains that they're kind of light beings, and that they're full of love and things of that nature. And then she just appears back in the ranch again. She's not in the tunnel anymore, and she just she doesn't understand how she got there, but all of a sudden she's not in the underground base anymore she's back in the ranch so and then as i understand it she's never actually been back to the base again could be wrong about that it's hard to get all the details correct with this but i think the point is she doesn't regularly go back to the base anyway that's for sure and she's just then grappled with the concept of do i give this message out to the rest of humanity or not she's kind of 
stated that she's um, been uncomfortable with the fact of delivering this message in the past, but now she's come around after being visited by the um, non-human intelligences um, on a couple of occasions. She's been, you know, persuaded, if you will, to actually carry on with delivering this message to humans, and that was the thing that's pushed her to. Um, to present this message and to raise awareness in the public and she's been on a number of podcasts she's actually had a um, regression with Barbara Lamb which supposedly goes into quite some detail of, of you know actually regressing Anjali back into the 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 original experience and um, goes into detail which seems to confirm the accounts given and all of this leads up to announcing a press conference in Washington DC so she turns up there she's got the camera crew with her and what she actually goes into first off as I explained earlier is the um the the background of of uh, the the jobs that she's done in the past and that she explains the actual story and then she goes into some detail about the message that the non-human intelligences want to put across to humans which essentially seems to me um to be along the lines of all humans share one consciousness and we're about to kind of elevate the human race into another realm of consciousness and um certain people who are not on the the right level of consciousness are going to get left behind and other humans who are you know can raise their consciousness to a higher level are going to be you know taken to the next stage and things like that and then that's basically the end of the, the the information that's given at the press conference. So as I said earlier, the only thing there that's really new, I think all of that I have I have heard of before in the Reddit posts and the um, the podcast that she's done and the uh, the regression that she had with Barbara Lamb. The only actual thing that's new there is that she's now given her full name and. Um, all of the, the you know details about her education and the, the previous places that she's worked but I suppose like you know in her defense what could you actually you're not going to just pull out your phone if you are actually in an alien base you're not going to pull out your phone and take a selfie with the light being are you let's be honest about it you're probably going to be so blown away and so caught up in that experience that that wouldn't even cross your mind and also on top of that you know, there's there's a possibility that if if that thing actually is real and this did happen, that there's very likely that they will be able to control her consciousness at that point in time and just prevent that from happening. If they if they were really that powerful and so on, they would definitely have ways to stop her from from being able to just take a selfie or something to to have you know photographic proof. And if if it really is true, this they would be actively controlling the way that their message comes out, and they wouldn't just let her you know take a photograph of like some alien object that's in there or something like that. They would want to very specifically put things out a certain way. I'm not saying that it is true, but you do have to consider that. So now I've explained, you know, the actual things that took place in the press conference and a bit about the backstory let me summarize like my thoughts on on what came out of the press conference and where my head's at with it at the moment so first of all i would say anjali's intel background gives credibility 
to her as an individual, no question. Because she's not made up some story about having, you know, worked for government intelligence services in the past here. It turns out that that actually looks like it, it is true. Um, UFO Joe, a very a prominent kind of researcher in the UFO world, has, has actually dug into this story in the past and, and it has independent sources that have verified that her backstory is actually correct and she has worked for intelligence services. Um, however, though, there is no direct link, as far as I know, between her intelligence work and the claimed events. So th there is a, a this dis distinction to make here. This is not a Luella Zondo. This is not somebody who has actively worked in government departments researching UFOs or something like that. This is just somebody who's worked in the intelligence in an unrelated capacity to UFOs. So... And again, I could be wrong here. So if anybody's listening to this and you know information, you know, that, that, that would basically be against what I'm saying, get in touch because I want to know the, the actual facts here. But this is the facts as I understand it at this moment in time. Always reserve the right to change, you know, the, the, the kind of narrative that I'm, I'm going along with as new facts become available. But as much as her background in government intelligence gives credibility to her as an individual you know this is not somebody who's just lived in a parent's basement for for the for a whole life and and she's made up some crazy story based on you know films that she's watched or whatever this is somebody who's actually had very responsible go roles within government and that should definitely change how you look at this thing i think anyway so the other thing to bear in mind is that she also has a background as a writer. And there's no question that when you listen to her talk, she's very convincing, she's very sincere, and she puts across quite a compelling account. But she has a background in writing adult fiction, fantasy novels. So, you know, when you bear that in mind, she's probably quite good at telling stories. And I think... Well, I mean, she, she clearly is very good at telling stories. Whether or not this story is true or not, she tells it in a very convincing and compelling way. But somebody who has written adult fiction fantasy novels in the past, you would expect that they would be able to tell quite a convincing story and, and be able to, you know, have a, a set account of something that took place in your head and be able to repeat that without contradicting yourself too much. So, that, again, something to bear in mind you know, we've we've got somebody here who's got a, a very credible background in government intelligence, but you have to bear in mind that they have also written adult fiction and fantasy novels in the past. That's that has to play into the way that you evaluate the situation. And I think the the overall persona that Anjali has is very much kind of new age, you know, oneness, um, you know, and 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 that is. It's kind of like what came first, you know, the chicken or the egg. You know, this this particular story that Anjali puts across, it's, and it's something that I've heard a lot of people talking about, uh, you know, on Twitter and things over the last few days since the press conferences. It does seem to marry up with a lot of things that, that, that people know to be, you know, common threads that run through experiences accounts experiences accounts 
but that's not necessarily to say that you know the actual account that she's putting across is is genuine for that reason because you have to bear in mind she may just be interested in this topic in the past and she has chosen elements that she knows to be common threads for example the the concepts of having the near death experiences and that is the, the the gateway which opens her to be able to experience certain things sort of doesn't make sense in a way because she's had this near-death experience in the hospital and then she's been able to see people souls who have passed on and that is something that that you hear about quite a lot in people's you know uh, experiences of ufos and so on people have a near-death experience and then that opens their mind in some way to be able to actually experience um ufo sightings or you know non-human intelligences contact more but the fact is that it wasn't that she was driving home from the hospital and she saw a ufo then or something she's actually met an individual and then he has taken her to a ranch and that doesn't seem to be the same kind of thing to me it seems almost as though she could have shoehorned that detail in to make the account more credible. I'm not, I'm not saying that the person is lying, but there's a possibility there that that's the case. If you wanted to make a story which was, you know, a credible as possible account of, you know, going to visit an alien base, you probably would. If you were making it up, you'd throw in some details that the UFO community already understands to be real. Again, I'm not saying that that's the case, but you have to bear things like that in mind if you really want to find out the truth of what's going on here. And just as kind of final summary of what actually took place at the press conference then. So at the end of the day, there was no evidence before the press conference whatsoever. We're purely having to make a leap of faith here to, to believe it in the person who's telling this story. Okay, so don't get me wrong, listen, I want to believe this story, yeah, it would be amazing if this is true, but we have got no physical evidence whatsoever at this point in time, and I'm sorry if anybody's listening that don't like, doesn't like the, the idea of that, because I want to believe this story as much as anybody else, I mean, how amazing would that actually be if you know, a non-human intelligence has contacted a member of the human race and we're about to see humans interacting with non-human intelligences for the first time, openly for the first time in human history. Um, it'd be absolutely astonishing. However, do we have any actual evidence of it at this point? No, we don't. All we have is an account. It's a, it's a compelling account, it's, it's an interesting, very intriguing account, but what's the actual physical evidence that we have? All we have at this point is one person's testimony as to something that took place. We're starting to build a picture that this person is quite a credible individual. She comes across very well, she comes across sincere, honest, open, but that's all we've got to hang on to at this moment in time. And it just requires a massive leap of faith in this individual to be able to actually take the story seriously. And that that's the, the, the big problem. That is the elephant in the room. The, the thing that you can't get away from, unfortunately. We're having to completely rely on this individual telling the truth at this point.
Now then, this is the the big one, the big game changer here. Okay, what Anjali is planning to do is to actually put together a team of scientists, reporters, and researchers, and camera people, and take them into the base and gather evidence, every kind of evidence she says that you can gather with the best equipment. And she is saying she understands people's um, desire for, for actual evidence. And that's why she's leading this exhibition directly into the base to get the evidence that we need. Now, that's that's great, isn't it? I mean, that's what we want. That's That's the thing that will be the game changer in this case. But the problem is, are we actually going to get that? I mean, I really hope we do. And from what she was talking about, they're actually quite far down the line in terms of putting this team together. And we're going to see one way or the other. At this point, you know, I hate to say it, but we haven't got much to go off. You know, it's a great story. It's, a, it's an entertaining story. But the big picture is not going to become clear until this expedition takes place. Now, every credit to Anjali for for, for understanding that people are going to be sceptical because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a wild story. It's something that would literally change human history forever if it's true. But it's a big if at this point, unfortunately. And, you know, the thing that, that intrigues me about it is put yourself in the position... If you had actually had contact with it, these non-human intelligences and you had experienced something that she is that she claims she's experienced, what would you do? And what I probably would do is what she's done so far. You would want to get your story out there a little bit by some kind of forum like Reddit and get involved in UFO Twitter and then you would probably try and take that to the next step by actually doing a video in, uh, interview press conference and the thing is is the press conference bordered on being a little bit shambolic at times there were planes going overhead sometimes you couldn't really hear what she was saying it seemed a bit disorganized there wasn't really many people there it was borderline press conference and borderline just like somebody stood outside in, in you know in front of a camera it wasn't really um you know the most organized of things but the intent was there. You know, she was trying to get this this information out, and and she's not somebody, as far as I understand it, that has that has got a background in organising press conferences. So you kind of have to give her a bit of leeway there. But the thing is, is that if it was true, and and it really seems to me that she believes that it's true, which is important. You know, that's just a gut instinct thing. But I, I get the impression that she believes that this account is true. She's completely put herself out there here. She's exposed all of her background, her real name. She's opening herself to ridicule in a big way. And you would have to think that she genuinely believes that this happened. Otherwise, she wouldn't have the confidence to do that. And if she genuinely does believe that this happened, the logical thing to do would be to take a team of people to the base you know? Now, what are we going to see at the point in time when the team of people go to the base? First of all, who's going to go? I mean, I've seen that George Knapp has actually said that he wants to go. Um, or he's expressed an interest in attending this expedition to the base. 
So George Knapp would be an absolute asset to that team. Is somebody who, who you know is a very credible researcher and reporter. Somebody I would love to see um, get involved in this and get to the bottom of it. She's talking about she's got at least one astronaut who's going to attend the um, the expedition into the base, and um, that we're probably going to have some of the documentary makers and some researchers there as well. So again, fantastic. That is the right way to go about it if it's real. Again, big if, but if you did want to prove that something was real, that's how you would do it. But if we just assume that this is going to take place and that they are going to send in a team of researchers and you know they're going to be very credible people and we're going to have camera crews and, and scientific uh, you know, data gathering equipment and we're going to get to the bottom of this, what's actually going to take place? I mean, we just don't have a clue, do we? We've got no idea. We, we, it could be the case of that they, you know, they turn up at the base and, you know, it's there for a start. You know, they go into the mountain, they go into the tunnel and they they actually see light beings. They gather them on camera. They gather all this scientific information and literally the human race is now in contact with a, a non-human intelligence for the first time openly in human history that that's one outcome of it and i'm not saying that's the most likely outcome i'm just saying it is an outcome that you have to consider another outcome is that she goes into the base with this team and it turns out for some reason that she's the only one that can witness the beings so they find like a tunnel which goes into the mountain but you know it just so happens that she's the only one who can in interface with these individuals in which case we're back to square one of completely relying on um a leap of faith and trust in this individual uh, to to you know to carry on believing the story you would have to have that huge leap of faith i'm really hoping that that one's not the case the other option is that they could go there and there is no base would that be a total disaster and maybe that could be explained away at that point in time by saying oh you know the the, the non-human intelligence has decided that actually humans aren't ready after all you know possibility that that might happen possibility that they turn up there and the base is there or there's there's a tunnel but i mean let's be honest there's tunnels all over the place in in the american wilderness you know former mining tunnels and things like that you know so there's a possibility that, that the um you know they turn up there there's a tunnel but there's no non-human intelligences inside the tunnel and again, that could be explained away at that point in time by oh, the you know the the non-human intelligences have changed the mind. You know they decided that actually, um, you know it, it's too soon. You know humans aren't ready after all. Things like that. There's a lot of potential outcomes there, isn't there? And there's not much you can really decide one hundred percent either way with this case until it actually happens until we get this team of people who go down there now i was a bit disappointed with the press conference that there wasn't any evidence i thought there was some um hints or some kind of like uh indications that we were going to get some actual evidence at the press conference now we have to we have to accept there wasn't any there wasn't any evidence at this press conference we we are still in the same position we were before now the only thing that's changed is we know Anjali's background and her real name is Angelia Schultz 
and that is not in any doubt. I mean, she has been verified that she has worked for government intelligence. She had a career as a politician, I believe, as well. Uh, and she's got a very credible background, which it does, as much as we've not been given any more evidence, it does give more credibility. So it's a little bit of a step further along the line. But are we going to actually get any clearer when we get to this expedition? We'll have to just wait and see. It's frustrating, but it's intriguing. And we're just going to have to wait and, and see how it plays out. That's the, the the end of the day. That is, it just is what it is. I'm definitely interested to find out more about this, but I'm definitely remaining sceptical until we've got actual evidence on the table. And it's this is the thing that I think a lot of people who are criticising Anjali and, and uh, criticising the story and, and don't want to take it seriously, I think... There's there's a various arguments, okay. So there's I've heard people saying things like if we want the UFO subject to be taken seriously, we can't, you know, take these kind of ridiculous like cultish personalities seriously. I understand that it seems a bit culty, and there are a few things that I don't really get on with in terms of the overall philosophy behind this way of thinking which I'll go into in a minute but I'd say that was balanced out by yeah you know we can't fully get on board with this story but we have to at least give her the chance because at the end of the day experiences you know experiences people who have have had UFO sightings or UFO abductions and things like that there is always going to be a certain percentage of them that are pulling the wool over people's eyes and trying to get a little bit of popularity, trying to sell a book. Uh, it's worth mentioning, actually, as well. I forgot to say this earlier, but Anjali's uh, fiction books that she's released in the past, she actually stated at the beginning of the press conference that she's going to give those books away for free to prove that she's not in this to make money. And that is... As soon as she said that, I was like, okay, okay, you know, carry on. Let's see what you've got to say. Because that, again, if, if it was me, if I had experienced non-human intelligences and I wanted to come across as credible as possible to get the story out, that's what I'd do, you know, because that takes away any kind of indication that she's in this for the money. However, to balance that out, not everybody is really fixated on money. Some people actually prefer other things, other senses of, of reward. And it could just be that, yeah, she's not in it for the money to sell the book, but the the sense of satisfaction that she may get from, from this could be some kind of thing other than money, such as just being popular or just being the centre of attention. There are a lot of people who, who like to be the centre of attention, and one way to do it is to identify a community, like the UFO community, and then tell them a story, which is exactly what they want to hear. And I'm not accusing Anjali of lying here because, like I say, my mind's not made up until we see the actual evidence. But it's a possibility that you have to consider. And anyway, let me get into some problems in general that I have with the the oneness kind of mentality of not just Anjali, but a lot of other people as well um, within, especially within the kind of consciousness side of the ufo community these are the things that don't really make sense to me about that particular way of thinking they tend to 
to, to suggest that humans are, you know, humans are some in some way going down the wrong path and that, that non-human intelligences are trying to get in touch with us to communicate that humans are going down the wrong path and we're destroying our world and things like that. Now, on the one hand, I'm definitely not like a climate change denier. I 100% I, I think that climate change is a real thing and that humans are completely you know, going down the wrong path in terms of pumping out emissions year on year and things like that. That That is not even debatable as far as I'm concerned. You look at the scientific fact, climate change is real and we're definitely doing things to, to ruin this planet in terms of pumping carbon out into the atmosphere. That's bad. But the way that messages like that get get kind of communicated across by people who supposedly had contacts with um, non-human intelligences. The one that's, that sticks out is the, the Zimbabwe um, school sighting where they saw a being come, coming out of a craft and there was like 60, 60 children or something that saw uh, these, these beings. They had big eyes and they come out of a, a saucer-shaped craft and they telepathically gave a message to the children that technology is bad and that we're doing things wrong and technology is ruining the planet. Here's where I have an issue with that. Technology in itself is not bad. I don't think pumping out carbon emissions from burning fossil fuels is definitely bad. But how can you say technology is bad when technology is just like a massive blanket term? So technology is bad. What solar panels are bad then, are they? You know, that's the thing that's actually reducing carbon emissions. You know, we've now, over the last five to ten years, we've now got electric cars, which are way more popular than they've ever been, and those are powered by electricity, which can be generated by renewable energy. So that's technology. And if we're going down that path as a human race of, you know, significantly increasing the amount of energy that comes from renewable sources why would they be telling us that technology is bad surely technology in that case is the actual answer to getting ourselves out of this mess i don't that's why i don't really the idea of, of a lot of things that people say about when they've had these experiences and they're supposedly given a message that technology is bad doesn't make a lot of sense to me i have to say now you could argue that that's just and this is what I tend to kind of go back to with this, is that it's maybe just a child's understanding. What they actually maybe meant was not actually that technology was bad, but certain types of old technologies were bad and we need to focus on the better ones. But you would also think that if non-human intelligences wanted to communicate this message, even if it was through children, they would make it absolutely clear. And the, the concept of technology is bad seems to be kind of um, something that a child might say because they, they would think that that is, you know, the, the general perception they get from speaking to adults is that technology is bad. But it, it doesn't really make sense to me because technology itself is probably the way out of the, the problems that we've got. You know, the technology of 100 years ago, burning coal and fossil fuels and things like that, that's definitely bad for the planet. But thinking that technology is bad you know, like I say, it doesn't really add up. And a few other things there is the, the oneness, like I was mentioning earlier. So often when you hear people's accounts of dealing with extraterrestrials or non-human intelligences and things, 
there seems to be a suggestion that humans are on the wrong path and that humans are bad and that humans and nature are separate and that humans are, are kind of screwing up everything in our, in our environment and humans are bad and nature is good and it's hard to explain exactly what I mean there but hopefully that comes across the right way. Now I just don't think that humans are evil and nature is wonderful and good that doesn't make a lot of sense to me and let me explain why nature in itself is evil like the way that humans define evil the concept of right and wrong good or bad there's a lot of things within nature that are evil and it actually made me think um Anne Jarley actually posted a picture, funnily enough, of herself with a cat that she's adopted and things, and she's been bringing this cat up and what have you. Now, I grew up in a household with cats, okay, and Anne Jarley's kind of uh, comment on it was something along the lines of, you know, oh, what a beautiful creature, it reminds me how amazing nature is and things. Or even if she didn't say that, I've heard a lot of other people who, who have this real love for animals. And, I've, you know, I hear comments and things, people saying things like, you know, animals are, are so much so much kinder than humans and stuff like that. And absolutely not the case. I grew up with cats and cats are, if you want to call an animal evil, cats can be extremely evil at times. And it just seems to me that it doesn't add up the concept of, you know, animals being all cuddly and cute. It seems like something that's out of a Disney film. It doesn't seem anything connected with reality. I've seen cats maim a mouse, you know, sort of like, you know injure it to the point where it can't actually escape and then just sit playing with the mouse torturing it essentially for hours and hours before it eventually eats it alive you know and cats don't just kill for food cats kill for sport they really do and i've grown up with cats and i've seen many many cats not just one or two you know isolated cases of one particular cat that's <clears throat> a bit vindictive or something Cats can be extremely, extremely what we would call evil. You know, you watch a few nature documentaries. You know, I remember seeing one a little while ago where there was a, a, a newborn little piglet. You know, we look at piglets, the Disney sense of it, a lot cute little piglet, a little pink piglet and this kind of thing. And a tiger just jumps over the fence and, um, you know, goes in there, grabs this little newborn piglet and just eats it, you know. Now, that... If a human did something like that, we would think of that as being very reprehensible behavior, really evil. But nature in itself doesn't make a distinction like that. Only humans really have a concept of right and wrong. And nature itself, the natural world, is much more complex and, and fascinating than, than humans sometimes look at it. There is no concept of good or bad in nature. It's just it just is, you know, it's, it's the chaotic nature of reality, you know, you can see a cuddly little cat that's all cute and nice, and then the next minute that cat's torturing a bird, you know, it's dismembering a bird, it, 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 there's, there's some grim things that happen in nature, and this kind of idea of like, nature being wonderful and some kind of you know utopian paradise and it, if it weren't for humans screwing everything up, I kind of don't really understand that viewpoint because humans are actually humans are a weird one because we actually have the ability to understand good and evil right or wrong which makes it all the more disturbing 
when a human being actually chooses to do evil. When you see a tiger eating a, a newborn animal or a snake eating a baby bird or something, you don't really think of it as evil in the same way because you know that the, the animal is, is acting off instinct alone and hasn't really thought through, oh, this might not be the right thing to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Whereas humans very much you know, have the ability to understand right or wrong but some of them choose to go down the path of doing things that are absolutely evil and some of them choose to do things that are absolutely you know good which is is kind of the distinction isn't it with humans but in nature there is that instinctive thing of evil you know or good it all just kind of everything anything goes you know it's just whatever happens happens there is no concept of, of, of right or wrong good or evil and I don't think with extraterrestrials or non-human intelligences or whatever you want to call them, if they came down to see humans from the, somewhere else in the universe or if they're already here but we can't sense them or whatever it might be, I don't think they would think of us as being, you know, evil and nature as being wonderful and they need to give us the message that we're, we're doing everything wrong and that you know we need to go back to nature and things that just doesn't add up for me because really they would surely see that we're on the right path you know yes there are too many things that we do that are that are ruining our planet yes there are things that we do humans no doubt do evil behavior to some extent some humans do evil things but if you look at history, the percentage of evil that's being done, or horrible things, or bad, however you want to think of it, the percentage of evil acts or bad things that are done by humans is arguably less now than it has been in the past. I mean, you look at like 300 years ago, you know, they were burning witches at the stake and there, were, there was horrible things that took place day to day. Murders were a lot more commonplace, you know. Um, women didn't have any rights, you know. There was slavery and things. We are overall going in the path of things are improving. And I often hear people saying things like, oh, the world's going, you know, turning to hell and stuff like that. But if you look at the bigger picture... I don't think it is. And I think if, if non-human intelligences got in touch with humans, they would encourage us to try and accelerate the path towards good. They wouldn't try and make us go back to nature because there are things within nature that we've escaped from. The instinctive actions of just doing whatever springs to mind and, and the, the horrible things that happen within nature. We have made a decision to as humans to go away from that and overall i feel like the human race is heading towards being better being good technology has taken us to a point of um renewable energy and stopping doing all these bad things to the world and it can sometimes seem like that path is not going quick enough but we are on the right path i believe so that's why it doesn't really add up to me when non-human intelligences supposedly tell us that we're on the wrong path because i don't think we are but again, I guess that's all in down to um, you know an individual's interpretation. Again, I'd love to hear any, anybody else's thoughts, so get in touch. I'm on Twitter at UFO Thinker, as you know. Let me know what you think. It'd be really interesting to hear some other viewpoints on it. And it's not one of them where you have to agree with me, because I might change my mind in another six months, you know? When you see things like what's happening in Afghanistan at the moment, you know, it can certainly seem... I question that, you know, are we on the right path? How can we be if things like this can happen, you know? But it's when you zoom out, you know, when you look at the bigger picture, 
I'd like to be hopeful that we are. You know, technology is not, eventually is not going to end the world. Technology is our way out of this. You know, renewable energy, you know, being better as individuals, trying to be good and not evil and, and being aware of that is, is something that human, is an amazing thing about humans. And that's what I think non-human intelligences would focus on if they discover us and are able to get in contact with us. Or would they, you know, that's the question. But anyway, the other thing about non-human intelligences that often tends to get mentioned especially with the people who are quite consciousness-based um, in terms of their interest in the UFO topic, is this thing of oneness. And it's another one that I don't really get on with personally because the concept of oneness, like one of Anjali's kind of messages, again, relating it back to what I was talking about earlier, is that humans need to let go of this feeling of being individual and we need to accept that we're just all one one consciousness and, and one um you know one human race and one one thing one existence and the whole universe is one and everything i personally just i understand it i mean it's it makes sense in, in its in a way but i kind of feel like that misses the point entirely of the, the sort of bigger picture if non-human intelligences were able to discover humans would their message to us really be, you're all just one? And I don't think it would. I think it would be more fascinating to see the unbelievable variety, the differences, the uniqueness of each individual human being. It's almost like, think about, I've been thinking about this, I was running the other day and I thought of this analogy. When we look at snowflakes, Kind of snowflake's a bit of a loaded word these days because people use it as a derogatory term, but forget that. Think about snowflakes. Each individual snowflake forms a different, unique pattern. And that is absolutely amazing. When we look at snowflakes under a microscope, we don't just look at it and go, yeah, well, the big takeaway from this snowflake is that it's just water at the end of the day. Because obviously, a snowflake is just water, isn't it? That's all a snowflake is. It's just water. But the, the really fascinating aspect of that snowflake is that the, the unique geometric pattern that is formed in that individual snowflake will never be replicated, or at least as far as we know. Every snowflake is unique in the way that the patterns form. And when we look at snowflakes, that is the big takeaway there. That's the thing that we really find fascinating. What we don't find as the big takeaway there is, oh yeah, it's just water, you know. And to me, it's the same kind of thing with humans. Yeah, we are all just human at the end of the day. Yeah, we are probably all just an expression of some kind of universal consciousness or whatever. But the big thing there is not that, oh, we're all just the same. It's actually that we're all unique. Every single human being is different and every single human being's experience of the world the way that each individual human being actually experiences life and experiences the universe is a unique perspective just like every single individual snowflake is different and i think that's what non-human intelligences would find fascinating about us it wouldn't be like oh they're all basically just the same it would be 
they're all individual but just like snowflakes are basically all just water but somehow within that even though they are all basically made of the same molecules it's the same thing they're all just water that's not the fascinating thing there the fascinating thing is somehow they manage to all be individual and and i think that's what when that's what doesn't make sense to me when i hear about these concepts of oneness that we supposedly have to let go of the fact that we're all individuals and just accept that we're all part of this one consciousness and you know we're all the same really at the end of the day it misses the point that that that's that's my my thing there but having said that and i'm not sure exactly when i'm going to put this episode out but i've i've just recorded the other day an episode about um how human beings consciousness can evolve as technology evolves and and neuralink and things like that could actually lead to basically a, a human humanity wide consciousness and that's kind of a different way of looking at oneness i think and that um you know that but when that when that, that episode actually goes out you'll be able to hear my thoughts on that and it's kind of a new take on like the oneness aspect but just to wrap up because i've just realized i've been talking for over an hour now i don't know how the time goes when i do these podcasts but um the main thing is you know we're all scrabbling around in the dark trying to understand a world that we can only perceive a small percentage of we're only capable as humans of understanding a small slice of reality you know it's so frustrating and complicated this this reality this this existence that we have and what we really need is information and the old classic data if we're going to get to the bottom of this fascinating mystery of ufos and the reality that we inhabit and obviously and charlie's story which is a fascinating story we're going to need information now how are we going to get this possibly through Charlie's mission into the mountain you know most likely it's going to be through credible scientists and researchers and currently we're seeing well-funded organizations making serious efforts to understand the phenomenon we're seeing things like the galileo project we're seeing mainstream news and mainstream science and the public's consciousness the public's awareness of this is higher than it's than it's arguably ever been and not only that we've got technologies now which allow us to be able to actually get to the bottom of this thing and i think i can speak for everybody here when i say that is something that we all agree on and we all want to get to the bottom of this mystery you wouldn't be listening to this podcast unless you wanted to get to the bottom of this mystery so let's focus on that you know let's focus on what unites us we all want to get to the bottom of this and maybe we'll get a bit closer to the bottom of this mystery through anjali and her story maybe it will be other other ways like the galileo project or you know whatever comes out of the uap task force and things like that but we're all basically on the same team and it, it does kind of sadden me a bit to see the divisions that open up on, on ufo twitter a lot of people a lot of opinions flying around a lot of a lot of people getting a bit heated debates and a lot of people wanting to slate anjali and so on but let's try and be you know as good as we can that's the thing isn't it you know if we're talking about that good and evil thing i was on about earlier on if you're always trying to focus on being good being kinder you know that that should inform you thinking on this topic as well and um hopefully 
whether or not that information, the data that we need comes from Anjali in a story or whether it comes from the Galileo project, hopefully we'll get a little bit closer to the truth. So I think I've rambled on enough for today. If I keep going any further, I think I'll probably lose my voice. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, so until next time, stay curious, look after yourselves, and hopefully see you in the next episode. UFO Thinker Podcast. Podcast.